Welcome, my name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. You might think like this, but I definitely know I think like this. In fact, my significant other also thinks like this. We think in computer mode. What does that mean? Now, if you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you know I've already talked about being a placator. I've talked about being a blamer. And today we're talking about how you should not be a robot. You should not be a computer. But I also want to point out where it can be helpful. Again, this is how I think very often. Okay, this is how my significant other thinks. So what is a computer? It's somebody who looks at things objectively, analytically, and is trying to understand what comes before the problem, right? They want to dive into it. They look at things from a very uh, scientific lens. Now, my significant other and I think this way because we both went to college and studied animal science. So when we look at training our dogs or, you know, if there's a problem with our dogs, okay, what do we need to do? We start looking at things very analytically and we look at things very objectively, if you know anything about how I do dog training and how I coach my clients, everything is very objective. I try to take away the subjectivity of it. Now, what's the difference between subject and objective? Subjective is how you think and feel something happened. So my dog's being spiteful. That's subjective, right? My dog hates me. That's subjective. Objective is your dog peed on the couch. That's a fact. We can measure it. We can quantify it, right? We can write it down and, and analyze it through data. How many times a week or how many, yeah, how many times a week did they go to the bathroom on the couch? Well, it was three times. Okay. Now we know that and maybe next week it's only two times and the week after that it's only once and the week after that they don't do it and then they go three weeks without having an accident. We can quantify it. That is what a computer does. They quantify things and they objectively look at every single aspect of their dog's life and their training. Now, this can get you into trouble, okay? If you're looking at things from an objective lens but ignore how you feel about it, you become robotic and it, it almost seems like you don't care. This was a problem I had very early on. I was looking at things so objectively that I didn't have fun with it. Okay, when I went to college and I started learning, well, you got to do this, 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 and this. Okay, I'm going to go do those things. And the dog wasn't learning. I was like, why isn't the dog learning? There, there, there's science here. I'm doing everything mathematically correct. What is the problem? The problem was there was no emotion involved. In my brain, because I was a computer, I would shut off the emotion aspect and only focus on the science, what worked. How strict can I make everything? How formulated can I make everything? If I make this movement and my dog reciprocates, I can then reward them for reciprocating and move on to the next movement. That is not how dog training works. Now, on the flip side, I'll talk about my significant other who used to train dogs. She's now a welder. But she used to train dogs, and we had met in college, and she had a very different approach. She would look at things objectively, but not as much as I did. And it did not get in the way of her being an absolute wonderful dog trainer. In fact, she connected so much with the dog 
that she would forget about the scientific analytical approach. And as we communicated with each other, I took a little bit from her style of dog training and she took a little bit from mine. And we're actually a wonderful pair when we do sit down and, and try to solve the solution for a dog. We can both think very analytically. We both have uh, two sides of the same coin. And this is because when she started learning about dog training, it was hands-on. She learned through working with dogs. I initially learned through books and research. So when it came time to train dogs, my goal or my thought process was going through all of the pages in the book and learning how can I train this dog based off the information I have? Based off the previous information, how can I train this dog? And she thought in the process of what is this dog telling me? Right? How can I train this dog based off what this dog is telling me? So I learned how to do that, and she learned how to use the information, the resources. It was a wonderful pairing, and that was really what sparked our relationship together. But this podcast isn't about my relationship. It's about being a computer. And so as I advanced in my dog training career, as I worked with more dogs, as I uh, spoke with more clients, I started to notice that objectifying things takes the pressure off of the relationship between you and your dog, which can be good, right? It can also be bad. So if I'm working with a client or myself, I'm, I'm training my own dogs, and I start to put blame on myself too much, or I put blame on my dogs too much, I need to step back and look at things objectively. Okay, I need to just look at things from an outside perspective and see, well, what's going on? If someone else was doing with this, what I was doing with the dog, would it be helpful or would it be hurting the situation? And that was a wonderful way to work with clients. If I did something with their dog and their dog did it perfectly, okay, well, it's not the dog. And then we can have the real conversation that maybe it's just the technique that the owner is using. Now, if I couldn't do it with the dog, then maybe there's something else. We don't have the right reward. The situation isn't good. Maybe the dog has a genetic predisposition, right? Whatever it may be, and then we could find that part out. But we have to take a step back and we have to Take apart each one of those variables, the level of distraction, the distance, the duration, all of the things that I always talk about, those kind of variables. And so when we look at it from that third person perspective, we can start to diagnose what the problem is and we can actually fix it. Now, I'm going to be talking about solving it, just like I've been alluding to in the last couple of episodes, because a computer might not solve it. They can look at it from an outside perspective, right, and tell you, oh, this is, this is why it's happening, but they don't propose a solution, right? Many times this is what vets do or inexperienced vets. They say, oh, you know, it could be because your dog's doing this. Okay, so what should I do about it? Oh, well, yeah, you could do this, right? Until, until they get uh, questioned on what you should do, they don't think about that part. They're just answering a question. Many new vets have this problem because in school, they're asked, why does this happen? And then they, they shoot out their answer. Oh, good. Good job. And then they move on. And some vets, as they get more experience, they'll say why it happened and then what you need to do about it. Now, I'm not saying vets are terrible. That's not what I'm saying at any means. I'm just saying that through my experience and the vets I've worked with, they will answer your questions, but sometimes forget to give you the solution, unless, of course, the solution is a medical one, then that makes sense for them to tell it to you. 
But right, if you're like, well, my dog's eating grass. Oh, they might be eating grass because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, what should I do about it? Are they eating grass because they don't feel well? Are they eating grass because uh, they're thirsty? Whatever it is. And then they say, oh, yeah, well, maybe you should give them more water or stop them from eating the grass or whatever it may be. So looking at things from an objective standpoint is what you want to do, especially when you're trying to diagnose the problem. Why is my dog doing this? What is causing my dog to do this? What is the specific behavior my dog is doing? Right? If you have access to the resolving complicated bad habits without using punishment PDF, which if you don't, the link will be in the description. If you have access to that, then you know that sequence. What is my dog doing? What is triggering the behavior? And then what are they getting rewarded for? Objectively looking at that is perfect. That's what you want to do. You don't want to subjectively look at it. Oh, well, what is, what am I doing wrong? That'd be a placator. And we know that placators don't always work. So the next step of a computer is analytical. So you want to record all of the, the data that happens through training. And this is what I struggled with for a long time. I was analytical. I wanted to have a system in place. And I couldn't find one. I couldn't find one forever. It was a, a struggle to try to figure out a system. And in college, we were told, right, when I, was, I started working with dogs, my mentors were telling me, hey, you got to write down every single training session. If you write down every single training session, you'll know what to expect the next training session. And it'll help you become a better trainer. It'll help you work with the dog better. You can always look back. Oh, where did we go wrong? What, you know, I haven't worked with the dog in a little while. In this case, we were working with dogs that we didn't see every day. With your own dog, you still should take notes because it's going to help you. And so I just used a journal, a little notebook. And I found it more complicated because I was just writing a journal. What happens if it took two pages? There was no break. And so I started to looking into different types of journaling to keep my notes better, right? To, to try to make it easier for myself, right? If I can work with my dog and record everything, then I can measure my progress. If it's taking me six months to teach my dog sit, that's a problem. If it's taking me five minutes to teach my dog sit, wonderful. Now I can move on to the next thing. But I can't do that if I'm so hung up on trying to remember every tiny little detail. So I take all that information out of my brain and I put it down on a piece of paper so that my brain can focus on the other things that need my attention. So I devised a planner, a training notebook that made it effortlessly for me to measure everything. If you want the template to this planner, it's going to be in the description as well, matadorcanine.com slash planner, matadorcanine.com slash planner. It's a free PDF planner. You can take it, you can make it your own, or you can use exactly what I have there. But it goes over, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes over certain things that I couldn't find in any other notebook, right? Yeah, the date, you know, uh, maybe a habit tracker, your mood. Okay, you could find those things in other notebooks. But what about the surrounding area? What about the duration? What about the distance between you and your dog? What about what reward you're using? Because you might use, if it's an advanced technique, but you might use three or four different levels of rewards. Something that's a base level, something that's pretty good, and something that's really high value, or even the magnet, right? You might have different levels of the reward. And so, okay, what reward am I using? Where's my dog in the stage of training? Are we at the precision stage? Are we at the duration stage? Are we at man, uh, maintaining behaviors with reward schedules? Where are we at? 
So I want to know that, especially for my next session. I want to go back a page and say, okay, where were we last time? What did I work on last time? Because maybe my, now my goals have changed. What was the criteria of the behavior? What are the remarks? What notes do I need to make? Did my dog do it really slow? Did they do it really fast? What was the surface they were standing on? All of these things are analytical and I can measure them. So if we're having a lot of success on grass, maybe I need to go to cement or pavement. If we're having a lot of success there, maybe I need to go to a table, something that's unsteady, and that's going to challenge my dog more. So I need to measure those things and see how they progress over time. I'm not saying you got to get an Excel spreadsheet out, but you should at least keep records of your training sessions, where you're going, what you're doing, what's the environment, what's the surroundings, what's the surface area, what's the temperature outside, what's the criteria, all of those things. You can get really granular with it, right? What wind direction, if we're talking about tracking or scent detection, you're going to need to know that. So you can really go into it in depth, and a computer is perfect for this. They are perfect for it because of how analytical they look at something. And the third way to know that you are a computer, you are someone who thinks like this, is you don't necessarily try to solve the problem. You could spend more time creating a, a perfect trainer template than actually training your dog. And that's one of my big struggles. If I spend too much time too much time worrying about how to do something and not actually doing it, there's this sense of paralysis. If you're in that spot right now, if you're stuck in, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? First, make the decision to actually start working with your dog. That's the first step. You have to decide, I'm going to work with my dog. I'm not going to focus on how just yet. I'm just going to start doing something. My challenge to you is to hand feed your dog every meal for the next two weeks. That's my challenge for you. Hand feed your dog every meal for the next two weeks. If you do that, if you consistently reward your dog for engaging with you like that, as you learn to train your dog more, it's going to be 10 times easier for you. But don't get hung up on the how. Don't get hung up on learning so much and researching so much and doing all of this extra work to try to avoid, avoid training your dog. This does not mean don't learn how to train your dog. This means don't get hung up on how and use it as an excuse to not work with your dog. Now, I'm going to take away this excuse for you. I'm going to teach you how. And I want to do that with a 14-day free trial of Matador University. It's the first time I'm offering it. I don't know how long I'm going to have this going on for, but I want to get it into more people's hands because I want to help more people. By the end of the year, I know it's going to be crazy. I know it's going to be hectic. This is about the time where people get crazed about everything and they forget their dogs. And so I want you to have something to cling to and go back to when life gets stressful. So I want to give you 14 days free to test it out, see if you like it, see if it helps you and your family of Matador University. It's one of the best online dog training platforms there is covering content on obedience daily manners reactivity and so much more so if you're interested in that the link's going to be in the description or you can head over to matadorcanine.com slash 14 day trial matadorcanine.com slash 14 day trial there you go i've taken away your excuse you don't want to be a computer okay you don't want to waste your time 
thinking about how to do something and avoiding actually doing it. It's not going to help you and your dog. You can be objective. You can be analytical. You can learn how to do something, but you have to focus on solving the problem, working with your dog, engaging with them, fixing the problem behaviors, and being able to do more with your dog despite what's going on in your life. That's what I've done with my dogs. And I was in your shoes before. I did not know what to do. Okay, I have moved from the computer mindset into the mindset I'm going to be talking about in a couple of days. I know I've alluded to it. I've moved from a computer mindset. Sometimes I go back to it. Same thing with my significant other. Sometimes she goes back to it. And we have to remind each other, hey, 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 we're falling back into that trap. Same thing with the placator. Same thing with the blamer. You fall back into that trap. It's not that you are incapable or it's not that this is your personality type for the rest of your life. These are just personality type and traits that people fall into, especially when they are stressed. And believe me, dog training is stressful sometimes. I know you know that. So when you fall back on it, right, and it becomes difficult, I want you to come back to these episodes and relearn about yourself. Understand where you're going, what's going on, and, and how you can take that and implement it into your own life in a better way. So if you're a blamer, if you're a placator, if you're a computer, what am I doing wrong? How can I use this to my benefit? And how can I strive to the leveler? Ah, there it is. I'll give you the name, the leveler. That's what we're going to be talking about in two episodes. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us. Apple Podcast is where you guys are listening most. I want to know if I'm not on a podcast that you would prefer. If you're listening on Apple or you're listening on Spotify or you're listening on Google Podcasts, if there's a podcast platform that you would like me to be available on, please let me know. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.